We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to glad to have everyone back. Tonight, my guest is my good friend, uh, Chance Bloomhurst. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. Glad to finally be on. We've been talking about this for a while. Absolutely, man. Let's let's uh go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. Well, um, you've been on uh, my podcast. Me and my cousin have a podcast called The Typical Chicago Fans. Um, you know, we're kind of all over the place. You specialize in college football, and we're just we're called Typical Chicago Fans, but we're just sports fans, and we're just average dudes. My cousin uh, works for a tiling company. I'm in education. And, you know, we just talk about whatever comes to mind. And it's obviously Chicago sports centric, uh, but we talk everything, uh, you know, from, like I said, Chicago sports, national sports, college, sports gambling, you name it. Try to throw some funny bits in, the, in there. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. But uh, now, typical Chicago fans, you can find us on Twitter at typical underscore Chicago. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram. We got a YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, we do all of our content in video form as well. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at BoomyTCF. Uh, so make sure you check us out. We're gonna, Obviously, we did an episode with Bobby not too long ago. And, um, you know, we're, we're obviously going to plan on getting more things going. So it's good to be on here finally. Absolutely. And I, and I just got to say from the Chicago sports perspective, the only team in Chicago that I like is the Chicago Sky. So really, really happy <laughs> to see them uh, getting back to the WNBA Finals. Hey man, that was we talked about it. We actually just recorded our podcast last night, and I had to throw in, you know, how impressive it is. They're a six seed right now uh, in the playoffs, and they're going up against. Uh, I didn't even see the final. Did they? Um, did Vegas beat Phoenix last night? Uh, they got the uh, game five is tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Yep. So yep. they're still waiting to see who they they play. And, yep. Um, yep. I admit I, I followed the Chicago Sky, but not as close as I should. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean that that team's loaded. I mean Vandersloot, Parker. I mean they're so good, and they're, I mean they're so fun to watch. If you're not if you're not a Sox fan, uh, and, and especially if you even if you are a Sox fan, when the nights that you know the WNBA Finals are going on, you might as well turn it around. That's good hoop right there. So absolutely, one hundred percent, and. I got to go in now to it's going from one good team to another coastal Carolina just wrapped up and everybody who listens to the show knows how, uh, how much I love the Shauna clears and they just came out and, uh, put a whooping to Arkansas state. Um, just thoroughly handled them. And Isaiah likely proved that he's the best tight end in college football with four touchdowns, just a really, really impressive performance. And I'm going to continue to say everyone Give the shots a chance against anybody. I'm not saying that they're going to beat everybody, but just give them an opportunity and let's see how it goes. 
Dude, yeah. could agree more. I mean, this team, and they, they started it last year. I mean, for crying out loud, they were 11-1, and one, and now they're out here. They're taking care of business. They've had some hiccups along the way, but um, they've got some really tough tests coming up here soon. Um, I believe the two weeks they got Appalachian State. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may, but this team has a good chance of going defeated. 100%, man. And I'm, I'm here for it. I've been saying all year that the Coastal Apps – or coastal at App State game is going to be one of the one of the big best games of the college football season, and it it's shaping up that way. App State's only got one loss. Coastal's going to be undefe- they're undefeated at going into that game now, so it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun to see. That's on uh, Wednesday night, October twentieth, uh, on primetime television on ESPN, so everybody can catch that. It's gonna be good football for sure. And it's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I got Phil Steele's book here in front of me. Both teams in that will be coming off of a bye week. So, I mean, you're going to get you know, the rested, the, the loaded uh, top two teams in that conference. I mean, both coming off byes. Like you said, one team with one loss, one with, with zero. I mean, it's at App State. This is your chance to prove that, you know, you des- you deserve the respect that I think. I don't know. They've proven it all year. They've proven it for the last two years. I mean, you got to start giving them some serious top 10 consideration. 100%. And like I said, everybody who, who listens to my show and follows the, our, the Twitter account that we got, um, knows that I'm out here putting, uh, being the, one of the number one supporters for them. So Teal nation really, really (laughs) hoping that, uh, the rest of America starts giving you the respect that you deserve. Absolutely. Big, I'm a big fan because of you. Absolutely, man. Uh, one, I know one thing that you were excited about. You're an NIU graduate. I went to the Eastern Michigan NIU game last weekend. Um, through the nearly three-hour weather delay, a six-hour six football game ended up being a really good football game, but uh, it's a good win for your Huskies. Yeah, man, it was good to see. I mean, obviously, I think that they're – they're playing a little ahead of what how good I think they are right now. Um, but you know what? The fact that they were able to stay in that game with all the craziness, and Eastern's not a great football team by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, Northern Illinois to be picked sixth by most people in the in the MAC West and to show up, I mean, obviously the Georgia Tech win was, was national news. But, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to get some by Michigan. Um, and they're, you know, they're going to have tough times against schools like that. But the fact that they were able to bounce back with a win over Maine the week before, and then come out and you know play through all the weirdness that was um, was Saturday. Obviously, we'll get into a little bit of what you talked, of what you saw. I mean, the fact they come out of that with a win, um, you know, you're above 500 now. And, and I hate to be too early on this, but I mean, I'm thinking bowl game at some point. But maybe I'm just getting greedy. No, I think so too. And I, NIU was a team coming into the year. I mean, you and I had kind of talked about this, where it was like, are they going to be four and eight, or are they going to be able to get to that six or seven win mark? And right now, it's looking like they're going to be able to get to that mark. I mean, obviously, the win at Georgia Tech is huge, but they come yeah. they come out the very next week and and hang with a Wyoming team who's undefeated still. I mean, they that's that's a good football team. Wyoming is, and then. Uh, I'm, the Michigan game, it is what it is. I mean, that's going to happen against a, a Michigan team who is way better than I thought they were going to be. But yeah, but still, I mean, then they come out, like you said, to to stay focused through a nearly three-hour weather delay to come out and get a W there. Um, 
I was really, really impressed by the offensive line and how they were able to run the football. That's got to be one of the better offensive lines in college football. Yeah, I mean, they're playing it like a, kind of like the whole team, man. I think they're playing above expectation. And when you talk about a team that's being led by Rocky Lombardi, who's a transfer in out of out of Michigan State, I mean, the kid's got tools, but like you, all, I worried the whole time about is he going to be able to, uh, you know, do his job while being upright because we've had those holes for so long in that offensive line and they're, they're holding up and they're, they're really playing better than I expected them to play. And they're giving Rocky a chance. Um, you know, so that's, I, I think that's a good, a good point there. I mean, I think, I still think you're crazy for sitting through a three hour rain delay. But you got to do what you got to do. Right, man. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, it definitely crossed my mind multiple times. Like I probably should just go home. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm here for the experience. I'm here to say that I've been to every stadium yes. and all and for, like, this is what I'm doing for the podcast. And like, I got to be here. I got to stay here. And like, it, it was, uh, it was difficult at times. I was very happy that they turned the, uh, Notre Dame Cincinnati game on the big screen jumbotron there that, that helped. Uh, but <laughs> right now I got to ask, did you go by yourself or did you have anybody to go? With? It, it was just me. It was, uh, oh, so you were just taking in that three hour delay solo. Yes. Yes. Now, granted, yeah. if if I had my kids, obviously that changes everything. But right, oh, you've been out, out. right, been forty five minutes, not two hours and forty five minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, you so, can't you can't be hanging out with with young children for three hours like that. They're gonna get bored real fast. Oh, absolutely. My phone would have died from Paw Patrol, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta start carrying around the iPad with downloaded Paw Patrol or uh, what's the one my niece watched? Coco Melon. Yes, yes. <laughs> deep on Coco Melon when I hang out with my niece. But, <laughs> no, man, I'm, I was so bummed. You had texted me about going to that, and you know this this time of year for me is is just terrible, which stinks because um, you know obviously I have the love of college football, but man, would it be nice to be able to hop in a car and drive to Toledo, Ohio this weekend? I don't think the Huskies got. A big chance. I haven't even looked at what the the betting line is on that, but Toledo's a pretty good squad, and, and it does worry me. But hey, it's kind of like what I've been saying lately: like stay in games, let the chips fall where they may. And I use twelve and a half point dogs. Um, you know, crazier things have happened. Shoot, they beat Georgia Tech, and they were like a twenty four point dog. So right, I remember like like 10, 15 years ago when the NIU Toledo game was always like the number one game for the Mac season. Like that was the game. It was basically oh, the Mac yeah. title game every year was those two battling it out. It's, it's crazy. My, uh, my senior year at NIU was the year they went to the orange bowl and that game, they played Toledo. I believe it was on the road. It was a Tuesday night matching game and mm -hmm. it was an absolute shootout. I want to say both teams, finished in the 40s or 50s um and it was i mean we had people over at the house to like you know have a watch party and then i remember the year before we played toledo at home like it's that, that rivalry has and even my parents who went to niu back in the in the 80s you know their hatred of toledo goes back even then too so um you know the, the hatred for toledo ohio runs deep in our family <laughs> that and, and it's just it's kind of a weird rivalry because I mean obviously the proximity isn't like I mean it's not like DeKalb Illinois and Toledo Ohio or right next to each other it's just the fact that both teams have been very good for so long yeah that's you're very true because actually I think it's the farthest 
east school in the Mac West and the farthest west school in the Mac West. Yes. I, I might yeah. be mistaken there, but it's pretty yeah. close. Yeah, I, yep, you're right. I mean, because all the all the east schools are the rest of the Ohio schools and then Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, Ball State, Toledo, Western Michigan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's the farthest distance in the Mac West, but it seems like every year, no matter how good or bad either team is, it's you know, it's a good game at least. Absolutely. Uh, you realistically think they can go bowling though? I mean, they're sitting at three and two. I mean, I'm gonna run off here. They got left. Bowling Green, who I don't, unless I missed something, Bowling Green's not very good. Um, Central Michigan, all right. Uh, Kent State, that's a winnable game. Ball State, winnable. Buffalo, probably not winnable on a Wednesday night down the road. Western, a winnable game. Like, do you think it might just be in a homer here, or this, can this team actually go bowling? No, they can absolutely go bowling. I mean, Bowling Green did beat Minnesota at Minnesota, but Bowling Green still has – I mean, they've still been one of the lower-level MAC teams for, for a while now. So I mean, until until I see them play in MAC action, I'm gonna go with yeah. the upper level MAC teams. I think without a doubt, NIU can go bowling. And it helps that there's like 45 bowl games, so like 90 teams. That's are true go, too. Get yourself to five, <laughs> six wins, and yeah, you know, yeah. That that's a whole nother thing in itself. But <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that you can be an average team and go to a bowl game, I I, I think a slightly below average. Right. I I think it's just like it, it just leads to our participation award culture, but. That's that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother, thing. nother uh, yeah. discussion for a whole nother podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know another another team close to your heart is the Florida Gators, and and obviously uh, on my podcast we've we've talked about them extensively with my brother. My brother works at the University of Florida. He lives in Gainesville and everything. But I know you're a big Florida Gator fan. So, what are your yeah, what are your thoughts on how they've been playing? Okay, so last weekend was, I, I don't know. They, Kentucky's a good football team. Kentucky's going right. to play in a bowl game, I think, this year. Um, but the fact is they've let too many bad teams stick around in bowl games. They didn't put Florida Atlantic out. They didn't put USF out. I mean, they, they might have won by, like, 20, but like they, the fact of the matter is, is they could have won by a lot more. And it just felt like they didn't put teams away. They give Alabama a scare. Great to see. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, you let you got to be able to, to finish teams out, and if you don't do that against teams like Kentucky on the road, like that happened last weekend, then you you see you know kind of what you got out of that. Um, and I don't think the rest of their schedule is very tough. I mean, at LSU is never easy. I think LSU is not a good football team. But at the end of the day, you still have to go on the road to Death Valley. Right. Georgia, that's a loss. I, I We can talk about this later. Georgia is the best football team in the country. Georgia is better than Alabama, in my opinion. Um, but then they also have South Carolina, Stanford, Missouri, and Florida State. Those are all very, 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 very winnable. winnable games. Right, right. So you could realistically see yourself sitting at, at eight, nine wins um you know pretty easily but obviously after last year that doesn't really feel like enough right right i i mean i agree with you i mean they they showed up against alabama that's for sure i mean but <laughs> at least in the second half yes exactly exactly but then like i mean i didn't see the game last week obviously i was too busy sitting in a rainstorm but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but coming into the year i i thought kentucky was going to be I, I actually predicted Kentucky to win that game. 
Um, I, I just, yeah. I just felt, I just felt like there was something with Kentucky this year where they were going to be able to get over the hump potentially and win nine or ten games. Yeah. Now, I mean, they're they're nowhere near Georgia's level. I mean, Georgia's going to run away with the East. I mean, it, it, it. We can talk about Georgia and Alabama in a little bit, like you said, but, <laughs> but uh. Now Kentucky's like starting to figure some things out, and they've got some really nice athletes. I really like that quarterback they had. Absolutely. He kept them in the game. He didn't do anything wrong. And you can't go to Kentucky and not be ready for a dogfight. Um, Kentucky obviously hates Florida, and it didn't feel like that. You know they were super ready for a, a hungry Kentucky team. Right. Stoops has done a great job there. He's really turned. Yeah. He's really turned that program around. I think. For the longest time, I mean, Kentucky would have like one year, like every ten years, where they were good, and they would be really good. But then, like the yes. other, the other nine years, they would just be like below, not even below average. They would be bad a lot of the times. But recently, right. recently they've been very good, especially for their standards. They've been very good. Oh yeah, you're not the bottom dwelling Vanderbilt Commodores anymore, right? You know, they're, right? They're a legitimate. A legitimate team, and I mean, it worries you when you watch Ford. I mean, I, I love Emory Jones. And granted, he's a sophomore. That helps a lot. But, you know, it just it, it felt like a step back last week, but it also felt like a culmination of not being able to, to finish out teams early in the season. Right. What What are your thoughts of the rumblings about uh, Dan Mullen? What, what do you think about that? Well, uh, the rumblings on who? Sorry. Uh, Mullen, Florida's coach. Bro, I love Dan Mullen. I mean, he's obviously – you're coming off of a year, uh, you know, Kyle Trask, what he did, you know, the last two seasons has been nothing short of spectacular. Um, and you're turning the ball over to, you know, a sophomore in Emory Jones. I think – I'll be honest, I didn't expect Florida – I mean, a lot of play, people picked them, uh, obviously, I think, for the second-best team in the East, but that gap was closing. And when you, you know, introduce a, a sophomore quarterback who took limited snaps last year – I think everything revolves around the quarterback position. And, you know, Dan Mullen, I, I, I hope he doesn't want to go anywhere. But, I mean, the guy started his career off, you know, at, I, I don't know if it was exactly off of Florida, but he got, you know, his got his shot through the University of Florida. I hope he doesn't want to, you know, jump ship for one of those big name jobs. But I personally, I think he's a great head coach, um, you know, until he proves otherwise. Right. I agree with you. I mean, you hear the rumblings of USC and everything, but I, I mean, I I think Florida is a better job than USC in my opinion. But I think any job in the SEC that is not Vanderbilt is a better gig than USC. One hundred percent. It's the SEC. It's a different breed. It's a different game of football. Absolutely. I mean, it's let's call it what it is. I mean, it's the uh, the next level to the NFL. I mean, that's just yeah. what it is. It, it, and I'm not a USC hater by any stretch of the imagination, but you'd be blind if you were to look at the SEC and the Pac-12 right now. Look at the depth. Look at the guys going pro. You know, look at the teams playing in the final in the final four of the college football playoff. Like the SEC is where it's all at. I mean, there's there's no denying that. And you know, USC when they're good, yeah, you know things are good. But even in the SEC, when you're average, they're still sold out stadiums and you know teams that can get things turned around and, and compete in the SEC at a regular basis. Um, you know, I'm not saying that every team is, is Georgia or Alabama because they're not. But like I said, at the end of the day, the SEC is just is just different. I think there's 
probably at least well right now probably only one other conference that Big Twelve is about to be, you know, below it. But like it's SEC and one, and then there's a big gap, and then there's the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and then there's another big gap, and then there's the Big Twelve and the American and the Pac twelve. So I think if if you can stay in the SEC, you stay in the SEC. One hundred percent, I agree with that. Uh, now I got to ask you, obviously with your love for Florida comes a love for urban Meyer. Now I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to discuss what's going on in the NFL and all that nonsense we've seen from the videos, but <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother Man. thing. But <laughs> what are your, yeah. what are, what are your thoughts of him coming back to college? He's okay. He's a college football coach, Absolutely. and it's showing right now. After what perspired last weekend and kind of the reaction in the locker room, those are not college kids in that Jacksonville Jaguars locker room. You can't coach a thirty-year-old grown man making millions of dollars to play football the same way you could teach or you could coach an eighteen-year-old kid that's there on scholarship. It's just not the way it goes. And there's been very few people over the history of time that have been able to successfully jump from college to the NFL. And Urban Meyer's been doing it so well and so long at the at the college level. I mean, I know that, you know, he's chasing a bag to go to the NFL. He got paid so much money. But that man is a college football coach. And you've got to understand that it's just a different, you know, way to look at coaching. And it doesn't seem like, you know, his the way that he handled things in college is translating over super well into the NFL based on what has – you know, kind of perspired and come out of the, the Jaguars locker room this week. Absolutely. I think that's that's the number one thing. I mean, you, you can't, like you said, you can't coach grown men who, like you said, are making millions of dollars. They're grown men, 30, 30 plus years old. Like you coach an 18, 19, 20 year old. I mean, it's completely different. And it's, it, it's almost like coaching a different sport. You know, obviously it's the same sport, but in the, I, I guess I should say that in a different way, but it's like you're it's like the difference in coaching like junior high to high school or high school to college. There's another step you gotta take, not even in just the game planning, but in the sense of like the the people that you're dealing with and you've gotta handle them different. And I think Pete Carroll might be the only one to look at I mean, I guess um, you know, Harbaugh's, you know, experience in the NFL went okay. I mean, it didn't end well, but like there's very few people you can look at and say, this guy was a really successful college coach and then he was a super successful NFL coach. I mean, Pete Carroll is obviously at the top of that. And from, I mean, we're four weeks into the season in Jacksonville and it's already looking like a disaster. Right. They look like an absolute train wreck. And, and of oh, course, it's, it's and bad. of course, any, any major job that opens up, he's going to be linked to. It's just, it's a given. Um, yeah, and, and he's to the point now, man. He's been around the block long enough. If this doesn't work out in Jacksonville, I don't think Urban Meyer's going back to college coaching. I'll be honest. I think he's had his run. He's had his his fun, and you know, take his money and walk away. I just I just don't see him coming back to the college ranks. I really don't. He'll be he'll be back on Big Noon kickoff before we know it. That's <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Yep. Well. Uh, now I'd like to hear your thoughts on like uh, the college football playoff, the top four, top the top ten, the the teams that you you see right now, and the teams that are in that running right now. I mean, you right, you, so- you you know that I'm putting the Coastal Carolina Shauna Clears in in the running. Um, obviously, 
that's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to continue to fight for it. But <laughs> All right, so here's the way I look at it. I, I love the idea, and I listened to an interview with Barry Alvarez on part of my take last week, um, and he mentioned eight. I think eight is the minimum uh, you go to, but I would love, love, love to see a 12-team playoff. And by that, I mean the first, the top four get buys, and then um, the bottom eight play a first-round game. And here's the thing. You, you can eliminate... Okay, like I've just randomly opened to the Arkansas Razorbacks page in Phil Sisbrook. They play Rice, Georgia Southern, um, Arkansas Pine Bluff. You can't tell me they can't eliminate one of those games and add a playoff game into it. Like, Absolutely. I, I, think, I think that's easy to do. And then if you go look at right now with the AP Top 25, they have Oklahoma State, who is 5-0 at 12. And I, I agree with you. I think Coastal Carolina is a better team. I'll, I'd even argue um, you know, that Kentucky at 5-0 and is better than Oklahoma State. Absolutely. Um, you know, but, I mean, shoot, that gives you even an opportunity to get a team like Wake Forest. If Wake Forest can continue, um, you know, even a one-loss season, you know, I think 12 is the way to go because then through those first two rounds, you weed out the the teams that had an easy schedule. Because, like, if you look at it, it would be 5 versus 12. And right now, that would be Cincinnati versus Oklahoma State. Okay, Oklahoma State, you went 10-2 and two in the Big 12. Um, but is the Big 12, you know, really what it is is Cincinnati. Are you guys as good as, as you know, what it comes off on paper this year? Or are you just playing an easier schedule? Um, and you, you solve it in those games, and then you give them a chance uh, to take on the big dogs. Obviously, that'll change, um, you know, because, like, Iowa and Penn State are not going to be three and four, and Alabama's not going to be one and – Alabama-Georgia might – maybe, but they're probably not going to be one and two. Um, so I think it's a good way that once the season's all said and done – you give those teams like last year, your BYUs, your Coastal Carolinas, right. um, you know, their opportunity to, to prove like, hey, we truly belong here because not only have we had a really successful season, but hey, we knocked off, you know, Michigan State in the first round of this playoffs. Now give us Alabama and let's see what happens. Absolutely. And, and another team that's not talked about enough right now is BYU. I mean, BYU's undefeated. They've beat a lot of the top teams in the Pac-12 already. And they they have a very legit chance to go undefeated. Yeah. If, and if BYU goes undefeated with the schedule they've played, they would have played at Baylor, at USC. They've played they've played Utah, they've played Arizona State. Uh I think they got Washington State, they got Boise State this week. I mean, they have a very legit schedule. I mean, if they go undefeated, they deserve to be there. Dude, the rest of their schedule goes Boise State, Baylor, Washington State, Virginia. Then you got two cupcakes in Idaho State and Georgia Southern. And then you finish with USC. Right. <laughs> you can't look at that schedule and tell me that team, if they go undefeated, don't at least deserve, uh, you know, a little bit of recognition to. I mean, it's hard to say they're a top four team, but that's what I'm saying. If you're at eight, that's a no-brainer. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. And and I like I like that twelve game the twelve team format too because then I think you can add, you can put the conference champion from every conference you can do the Sun Belt you can do the Mountain West yes in, in the MAC I mean yeah those teams that might be ten through twelve in your rankings but still usually like especially recently the best team in the Sun Belt being Coastal has been very very legit usually the best team in the MAC is very very legit and usually the best mm -hmm. team in the Mountain West is very good too yeah I think it just gives you a better opportunity to see like okay this is our full product we have as college football 
And even if you don't do that, say you take like, um, you know, your, your power five conferences, and then you say, we're going to pick the three best non-power five conference chance. So maybe it's the Sun Belt. you know, if, if you know, Coastal goes 12 and all 11 and one, whatever it is. Um, then you take your, maybe the, the Mountain West winner is better than, um, you know, the American conference or the Mac or whatever. You, you kind of have like five conferences mm-hmm. that you can kind of interchange that. And then you say the last four that we're going to take are like, uh, you know, sitting right now, I'm looking at um, like Ohio State, who's not first in the Big Ten. Right. So let's imagine they didn't win the Big Ten, but they're still sitting at, you know, 10 and 2. Okay, we'll take Ohio State in that final four because they've been here before. They're a good team. They had a slip up early. Whatever the case is, they might not have won the conference, but it gives you almost four at large bids to pick out of, you know, your remaining, uh, you know, conference winners. And then you're kind of outside of a big conference looking in. Absolutely. And, and if, I know a lot of people don't want to get away, go away from the bowl system. Well, then just make these games bowl games, for goodness sake. Like, like, yes. Like it's Do exactly what you did for the Final Four. Make the Rose Bowl, make the you know Sugar Bowl, the Pete or whatever bowls they have involved in it. Just make it a part of the playoff. Right, exactly. Because, I mean, and like you, like you said. that the NCAA can't find, you know, if they need to find a couple more corporate sponsors, you can't tell me the NCAA can't go find a couple more corporate sponsors. Come on. Right, exactly. Like you said, I mean, there's already too many bowl games to begin with, so like, like, it's an easy fix. <laughs> and I think, I mean, we're obviously big college basketball guys. At the same, I mean, like the tournament, the NCAA basketball tournament is literally the best month of the the calendar year. Who doesn't love a tournament? Give, right. Like, I mean, <laughs> give me more. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, the the NCAA basketball tournament is the greatest greatest thing in sports honestly yes (laughs) yes i can't get enough of that i love tournaments i'm a big tournament lover absolutely me too i love i just love writing filling out brackets like even conference tournaments goes back to like when we were little and we got our first ever bracket to fill out and we're just like fascinated like you could give us a bracket of literally anything and us as, as guys who are sports guys would just find enjoyment in filling that out yeah we'd find a way to just break it down to just nonsense and it, yeah, it, like, just our, our dumb like you know the, the back part of our old monkey brain just kicks in <laughs> like, you know right it's and, and man it's a tale as old as time <laughs> well i'd like i'd like to spend the last little bit here talking about alabama georgia i think uh I, i'll first let you take the floor Okay, so I think Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams in the country, obviously. That's nothing groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination. Right. From what I have seen so far, I am am willing to say that Georgia is a better football team than Alabama. I think... I, I think the Georgia the Georgia defense this year is so elite that it, it it brings you back to the 2011 Alabama team with how elite that defense was. And then it also makes me think about, I forget the year that it was when Saban was at LSU and that defense that he had with like... 2005, I think. It was like with Glenn Dorsey and like it was just... 
that defense yeah. was just unbelievable as well. And I look at this Georgia defense, especially the defensive line. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a defensive line that's better than this Georgia defensive line. Bobby, I'll tell you right now, I think Jordan Davis is the scariest human being I've ever seen on a football field. <laughs> that's that's probably very that's very true. I mean he is This man is six eight three forty. <laughs> Can you imagine being hit by him? No, I don't nope. even want it makes my knees hurt even when you said that. <laughs> just thinking about it. It's just like oh I think I broke a rib just <laughs> contemplating that. I agree. I mean he's he's a mountain of a man. I mean it's just the way that the fact that he can move the way that he can move at his size it just doesn't make sense. He had to be made in a, no. he had to be made in a lab. That's the only thing that possibly makes sense. And I think, and, and I will back to, I'm not, you know, in a lot of times I'm wrong. Listen to our show. You can listen to any of the, the bets I pick or, you know, any of my predictions and stuff. Um, I'm not the best at this, but I will say this. Alabama has struggled in games um, at certain points. Now, obviously week one against Miami, they blow Miami out. Um, you know, Miami stinks. I'm not yeah. even going to start there. We've, they we've learned that. They should have beaten Florida by 45 to 50 points. And the fact is they couldn't do anything offensively in the second half. And Florida's defense is just slightly above average right now this year. They've lost some starters. Um, and they let Florida back in the game. And obviously I think Georgia is a better team than Florida. Um, now, last week was a really nice kind of snapback win. I think Ole Miss maybe got a little too big for their britches. I think this week is big. As Texas usual. is a little down. Um, but, you know, I, I think they're going to roll through. I don't foresee them losing. The rest of their schedule is not super tough. Um, they host LSU this year. Um, I think LSU's down. Auburn is okay. Um, and Arkansas is feisty, but, like, it's Alabama at the end of the day. Right. Um, and I would just look at this. If Georgia were to play Alabama right now with – the offensive struggles that Alabama has had in some big games against above average to good teams, that that defense would have its hand with Alabama's offense. Now, with that being said, it's still Nick Saban, it's still Alabama, and good luck. But I think on paper right now, I don't think it's crazy to say that, you know, Georgia would play with Alabama, and right now I personally think they would beat them. I have been, and and you know, I, I've been a Alabama fan for a while. But my for this whole season, I I have been saying Alabama is the best team. It's not really that close until this week, this past weekend. For for Georgia to handle Arkansas and that offense, Arkansas had been clicking on all cylinders offensively. Yes. Like they they had been looking amazing, and. The way that I mean, Georgia won thirty-seven to nothing. I mean, like they just dismantled them, and and it to, it is much closer than I ever thought it was going to be. And I'm not I'm not ready to say that Georgia will beat Alabama, but it's it's crossing my mind. I, I yeah, it's to me even the sense of like that crossing into our minds because it's always been Alabama a wide open gap than the rest of the field. And now like you get it down to the final four and you let, you know, a couple plays happen in the championship game, you know, Alabama, they're the best team in the country and they have been for a while. Right. Let me tell you this, Georgia's defense so far this season, if you don't have it in front of you, how many points do you think Georgia has given up through five games? I, I've, I, I know that they're giving up less than five points a game. They have given up 23 points this entire season. Which is which is mind blowing 
because now granted Clemson's down, but still Clemson. I mean, they gave up three points to Clemson. I mean, and like you said, it's not the Clemson they used to be, but they were still on the road week one and beat the. Uh, granted, they scored ten points, but they didn't have to score anything the way that defense played. Right, and then Arkansas, and, like 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 I was just saying, Arkansas has been amazing the first couple weeks yeah. of the season. They blank them. Yeah. And then then even there was one game they'd given up more than 10 points. They gave up 13 points to South Carolina in week three. And seven of those 13 points came in a garbage time touchdown late in the fourth quarter when they were up 40 to six. Yeah, that, that, that defense is next level good. I mean, they're, they're elite and it it is, it is phenomenal, honestly, to, to just, watch them play week in and week out like i'm a big defensive guy you know that and and i like watching that georgia clemson game i know a lot of people were probably upset about that because i have the over but that's neither here nor there i i loved that game (laughs) no and here's the thing and i'm looking at georgia's schedule right now the month of october on paper should be a very hard month for them they took care of business in week or the the first week of october blanking arkansas then they go to kentucky then they they um, have florida if mm-hmm. they can get through the month of october undefeated i mean the re- november is missouri tennessee charleston southern and georgia tech oh boy <laughs> i mean if, if Kirby's got them ready to go for the last three weeks of October, this team is going to be primed right. coming out of November. Now they play the Kentucky game is in Georgia, is in Athens, Georgia. Is is at is at Georgia? Okay. Yeah, that helps yeah. them a lot. Now yes. that game was on the road. Um, you know, it, I don't think Kentucky has enough to beat them. But no, like they, I, I didn't either. wouldn't have said Kentucky had enough to beat Florida last week, and look how that turned out. You know, but being at Georgia definitely helps helps them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, buddy, it's been great having you on. You got any, any uh, parting thoughts? Uh, well, I always have to apologize if I, if I talk too much, but you know how it is when you, when you host the podcast, you just kind of get going. Right. Uh, but no, man, it's, uh, it was great to finally be on, uh, make sure that, uh, you know, you follow, uh, typical, typical Chicago fans, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, all that stuff, but I, I, I love talking college football. I, my month of September was bananas. Um, lots, not a whole, I really didn't watch any NFL, uh, cause I was busy on Sundays every day. So this month I'm getting very excited to do absolutely nothing on Saturdays, watch some college football. Um, and then on Sundays, watch the NFL, but man, I'm, I'm excited for what it's looking like because we've talked, you know, multiple times here. I, Alabama is number one, but like, doesn't this seem like a year where Alabama may not be the hands-down number one? I mean, they're obviously going to go into the postseason as the number one team, but like, I, I feel like right now we're only sitting here you know, five or six games into the season, and we could probably, if we sat down hard enough, could come up with a dozen teams that if the road shakes out right, you could see playing in uh, the Final Four for those last three spots. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I think it's Alabama and Georgia, and then there's a gap. But yeah, that. But after that, I mean, like you said, there's twelve to fifteen teams fighting for that. Yeah, and if you asked me last week, I just I put a future in on the Oregon Ducks. Just you know, it was right? like plus I don't know fifteen hundred. Um, 
you know, I, the Oregon was looking good, and then they go in and lose. Like, that's the beauty of college football. Um, and then you get your games, like, tonight on a Thursday, you got Coastal Carolina. Maxion's about to start up. Yep. Like, if, if you don't enjoy college football, I just assume you have a big dump in your pants because it's <laughs> legitimately one of the funnest sports to watch. And you know, there's there's something every night, and there's always you know some sort of compelling game, especially in those prime time ones. So um, I'm I'm really excited to to be a little bit deeper into it as the season goes on. Absolutely, man. And uh, again, thank you for coming on. Hey, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, I got to plug one more time. Um, you know, like I said, typical Chicago fans at typical underscore Chicago on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, YouTube, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever you get podcasts, we are there. And I got to give a real quick shout out. Uh, we have a new merch line out. Um, head over to Beer Baseball Repeat on Instagram. They're doing our merch right now. There's some awesome dudes uh, over there. They make some really sick Cub shirts, uh, but they're also running our merch line there. We have uh, five colors of T-shirts in six different styles, and they're very – they're almost silly. I almost, we almost, like – Thought the guy was messing with us when he showed us the prices for him. Um, so, you know, go check that out, Beer Baseball with Pete. Um, and follow me on Twitter at BoomyTCF. But, Bobby, thank you so much for having me on, man. Uh, you know, anytime I get a chance to catch up and, and talk talk football, I'm always it. I appreciate it, man. Well, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can follow Follow me personally at Coach underscore B Will. You follow our Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Got to have one closing thought here. If you watch the Coastal Arkansas State game tonight, one of Arkansas State's players had a very, very severe neck injury. Sophomore Sammy Johnson. It looked terrible. Your neck is not supposed to turn the way that his neck turned. He wasn't moving. He had to be taken off the field in ambulance and. Just my thoughts and prayers go out to him, his family, and the Arkansas State football team because that was a very scary situation. Didn't look good at all. But again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Have a good night. God bless.